realizing that no matter what happens, Jesus is enough because Jesus is the point and I wanted my wife to know Jesus. That's what I was concerned about. This is the Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You are listening to part one of Michael's story, The Forgiveness of an Adulterer. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out via Instagram, Facebook, or send us an email at theunseenstory at gmail.com. When I tell the story, I'm always hesitant at times because I don't want it to be about me. And I think that's the temptation of the age to make it about yourself. This is what I did. Oh, I love my wife faithfully. I did all these things. I didn't do anything. I, I, I don't, it wasn't me doing it. It was Christ in me. I can't explain it. I, I even think back now, like, how the hell did I hear my wife say, I miss another guy in church and act patiently and calmly and then speak truth to her and love her and still want to be with her and, and knowing that wasn't what she really wanted. Like, I, I, I can't explain it. And so my hesitancy with sharing my story at times is people are like, well, that's so crazy how you did that or whatever. I don't want it to be about me because it wasn't about me. It's still not about me. It's still about Jesus, what he did, what he's continuing to do and what he will do ultimately in the end, uh, making all things new. Our marriage is just one small piece of that redemptive story of him making all things new and, and building that kingdom. And I was, I'm just grateful, as painful as it was, I am grateful that I got to be a part of building that kingdom with him. Um, a little bit of background of me is I didn't grow up in the faith. My mom was a believer. I went to church at times, but was never really involved in the church at all. Didn't really have Christian friends. That kind of continued all through my childhood, teenage years, uh, where I met my future wife, um, Candria. We would uh, we started dating when we were about 16, 17 years old, and we had a, just a really rocky relationship that entire time. Um, that continued on all the way through college years, and we ended up getting married in 2013. We Both of us were not living in accordance with the Word, in accordance with the Spirit. In fact, so much so that we actually took everything related to God out of our wedding ceremony and just stripped it down um, to a very bare-bones ceremony. So God wasn't a part of our marriage early on at all. So we married in April 2013. And by June 2013, um, my wife was already asking for separation. Uh, somehow I managed to convince her to stay in the relationships, relationship. Um, but by October, she kind of had enough. She wanted to, to leave, not necessarily because of something that I did, but because she felt like there was more out there in life to experience than our, our rocky marriage, our rocky relationship. So she got an apartment um, outside of Dallas from where we were living at the time, North Dallas. And she uh, moved out during that time. Um, she engaged with um, other men in, uh, during that time of separation, uh, both physically and, and sexually um, and relationally. And I had talked to other girls. I didn't, I didn't ever do anything with them, not because of some morality inside of me or anything like that or because I knew God, just because I didn't want to get involved and I still wanted to be in my marriage with, uh, with my wife. One day in uh, early 2014, uh, my wife goes, we were separated at the time, goes, gets her hair done, someone shares the gospel with her. 
um, tells her about a church in, in North Dallas. Um, she invites me if I want to go. I absolutely wanted to go, not because I was necessarily felt called to go to church or to come to Jesus or anything, but I wa- was going to do anything to repair the relationship between Kandra and I, so I jumped out the opportunity. Um, so we went in late January, early February 2014, um, and I remember I walked in there. We were singing one of the songs, and for some reason I just started tearing up. I started crying. The words on the screen just resonated so much with me, and a kind of a, a thought popped into my mind just about two weeks before that, my wife and I had a huge argument during the separation about uh, some of the things that were going on, the dynamic there. And I remember driving home uh, on the freeway late at night, just kind of yelling at God, letting God have it. I was so angry with him, saying, how could he be doing this? How could he be doing that? Um, just this kind of, I felt like this righteous indignation about who was he to let my marriage crumble and all this stuff. And more out of embarrassment, probably than anything else, not necessarily true, genuine love. Then I was kind of transported back into this time, just like from being the most angry at God I've ever been in my entire life to being probably maybe even the most in love I've ever been with him. I look back at that as it's only something God could do. Only God can take someone from being angry as can be, turn that anger into pure joy and love and and, and happiness. And to be honest, my circumstance didn't change at that time. It's not like two weeks later, my wife and I were back together and we had a healthy marriage and we were going to work at it and she committed to it. No, in fact, when we walked into the church that day, she wasn't even wearing her ring. Like my situation hadn't radically changed. There's nothing to explain why I went from so angry to being at the feet of Jesus weeping and, and falling into his presence. That was before I even heard the sermon. <laughs> that was before anything. That was maybe the second song or the first song into the service. And I remember what song it was. It was, Lord, I Need You, which is ah, literally what I needed. <laughs> I'm like, I look like an idiot. Why am I even crying? I have these tears coming down, and I remember my voice. I couldn't even say the words on the screen. Like, I was holding back. I mean, if no one was there in that moment, I would have probably been bawling like a baby and let it all out. But because I was in church, and you got to kind of, I guess, maybe pitch your best foot forward or something. It's like, I couldn't let this raw emotion out. But it was almost that everything that was building up rage, anger, disappointment, embarrassment, all that stuff that had been building up to that moment. It was just like, God's like, I got it. I got it. Late here. This is where it's meant to be. You're not meant to carry this stuff. You're not designed to carry these burdens. Lay it down. And it wasn't, I don't want to lay it down. I'm going to hold on to it. I want to be bitter. I want to be angry. It was, I surrender. I want to, I Please take it from me. Lord, I need you. Fast forward a little bit. My wife and I get involved in a marriage ministry at this church, and we had um, two of the best leaders, Adam and Brooke. And during this time, my life radically changed. It was like I was blind, but now I see my whole worldview change, everything I was seeing, the errors in my ways, the destruction of the path that I was on, and I wanted something different. I tasted it and seen that the Lord was good, and I, and I was all in. I was I was sold out. Uh, my wife was kind of living in this world of one foot in, one foot out. I think she was getting a little bit of taste of Jesus, but couldn't let go of the world in which she was wanted to be a part of and was not ready to give up some of those things that she entertained. Uh, that played on for about a year. After we went through the uh, marriage ministry, it seemed like things were about to change, um, but I was about to be hit uh, by a truck that I, I wasn't ready for. Late December 2014, early uh, sorry, January 2015, uh, we were living in an apartment at that time. I walk out of the bathroom, and her phone's laying there on the bed. And for some reason, I just felt like God put it on my heart to to check the phone. I remember I, I, I walked past it. I had this kind of place to my heart. 
I looked back at the phone, and I was like, no. And I kind of just stood there frozen in my steps. I almost, like, I was stuck in mud for a second. And I kept looking, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to check it. I checked the phone. Um, sure enough, I find some messages that she was engaging with uh, a guy that she was working in, working with. I uh, confronted her about it, and she ended up confessing to it eventually. And I remember just in that moment how angry I was at God again. Um, just I remember saying this out loud. God, I did everything that you had asked. I was I was doing the things I needed to do. It wasn't like before. I was, you know, trying to walk in obedience, learning the word, doing all these things. Yet, like, you still let this happen, um, and I, j- I just didn't understand, and, um, you know, so she ends up confessing, and we had a plan that she was going to quit her job. The next day, um, I woke up, and I went to meet Adam at, at the church that we were going to at the time, and I remember sitting at the top, we, always, we had been meeting every day, every Friday, um, for the last year or so, um, since the marriage ministry, and just walking through identity in Christ and what that meant and, and who I am in Christ and really just been learning about that it wasn't my behavior or the sum product of, of all my actions, but my identity determined who I was. My birth in Christ determined who I was. I remember talking to him about it. He gave me a hug, and we just kind of talked about what tr- transpired in, in the affair. Um, and I remember just I kind of had this feeling of peace. I wasn't angry. And I remember saying to Adam, I feel like I should be mad. I feel like I should be angry. I feel like these are our normal responses for someone in this position. And, and I'll never forget the question that he asked me. He said, why do you keep saying you should feel this way? You should feel this way. And I said, well, like people that just found out that they, you know, their spouse had an affair, that seems like a normal reaction. He's, and he said it's something I'll never forget. He's like, isn't this what the Bible talks about, though, and the, the, the peace that surpasses understanding? And in that moment, I, I remember it was just a paradigm shift in my thinking and realizing that the word to me was not only a truce to be understood at that point, but also an experience and a reality to be lived. It was more than just understanding truce and an intellectual ascent. It was about this, this Jesus, the spirit is alive and is active and he's very real in times of need. And as I look back, I had this clarity about one of my purposes here on, on earth that God put me here for. And I remember just telling Adam, I, I don't want to be angry. I, I feel grieved for her because I know that Jesus is life and I know that the way she's choosing leads to destruction. And so if the only thing I ever do in my life is to help show my wife the path of life, then I'm good with that. Then I can, I can call it a day and I'm good with that. And I just knew that I was going to be used by God and I felt an overwhelming peace and almost in a weird way, kind of privilege and and I look back and I don't understand why I had those feelings or why I felt that peace other than a supernatural presence of of the Spirit. Even now, I still try to fit it in this box of why did I feel that way? What happened? What transpired? And I just didn't have any kind of context for that kind of love. Why would I love someone that just hurt me more than anybody possibly could or has up to that point? Why do I have this overwhelming desire to love this person that day in my faith just kind of changed everything for me. That meeting changed everything for me. I wasn't mad about God anymore that I did everything I was supposed to and so he should have delivered what I realized that wasn't the gospel. The gospel wasn't that, uh, you know, about the, the gifts. It was about the giver realizing that no matter what happens, Jesus is enough because Jesus is the point and I wanted my wife to know Jesus. 
That's what I was concerned about. Later on that day, my wife completely turned a 180. All the plans we had for her to quit and that we were going to hopefully work on the marriage and all that stuff completely changed. Um, She texted me from work saying she couldn't quit after all. She wanted to uh, keep working there, probably continue the relationship with this guy. I didn't know who my wife was that day. Um, I still struggle to find words for what I was witnessing. In fact, it wasn't her. I don't, I don't know if it was a demonic stronghold or something like that, but her eyes were dark. Her voice was cold. She had no, zero remorse for the actions that she'd done. The affair um, was convinced that she was going to um, continue the relationship. And just over the next couple of, of months, we just really had this uh, spiritual battle in, in the home. I remember um, one night in particular, she was. we had come to a, a church service that was on a Tuesday night. We were sitting in the parking lot, and she was just believing all these crazy lies, like, well, maybe I could still be friends with them, even if we repair our marriage and all this stuff, and, and all these things, and was trying to rationalize how she could still be engaged with this guy. So anyways, we go into the, uh, the church service, and I remember before it starts, she looks over at me, and she says, I miss him. And she was talking about the guy that she had the affair with. And, you know, as you can imagine, as a husband, hearing your wife misses somebody else in a church of all places was um, heartbreaking. Um, It was hard to hear. And I look back and I, I still to this day, I don't understand how I was calm, how I navigated and had these conversations and was speaking truth to my wife and, and loving her in a way that I look back now and I'm like, I don't even know if I could do that again. I just I feel like he just met me where I was and he had me and it was my goal to try to share with, with my wife the same peace that I was feeling. I knew that this wasn't what my wife really wanted inside. I knew that she needed and wanted Jesus because in him there is life and I knew that she needed that. Be sure to come back Friday for the rest of the story. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org.